Fear and Manah, Imposter Syndrome. While the idea of fear isn't exclusively female, there are some specific fears that apply to women only, or mostly. Each month, I will reach into the bowel of one such fear and hopefully reveal it to be far less scary than we all might think. It's January 27th as I write this. It's key that you know that. That's an important date, and not because it's Mozart's birthday. Although who am I to diss Wolfgang on his big day? Today, you see, is the deadline for this very piece of writing. And here I am, frazzled, still writing it. Still tweaking, still poring over intricacies in my notes as though I'm actual Mozart. The reason I'm skimming the deadline so closely? The feeling, no, the knowledge that I'm not good enough. Among the other writers and creators here at Rogue, I know I'm not on par. Sure, by virtue of me being among them, I can fool myself for a minute, but I'm playing at a much higher handicap than my colleagues, and sooner or later, they'll see that. Hi, hello, listen doctor, I think I might have a touch of imposter syndrome. I think I might be shit. I feel like to fix this small issue, I need to take out my brain, rinse it, and put it back in. Practically speaking, I think I might be in trouble there. Paralysed by the fear of failure, I ignored this here deadline like I would an email from a wealthy Nigerian prince offering me $65 million from his great uncle's will. I wrote and rewrote 20 opening paragraphs, deleting, eye-rolling, shaking my head. I even went off in a wild fit of alphabetizing, would you be able, rather than to face the facts. I might not actually be a good writer and I've gone unnoticed all these years, but my time is about to be up. Career coach Kat Horrock spoke to me. She talked me off a ledge, little did she know, about imposter syndrome and why it's a very female affliction. Men, if you're reading this, I'm not saying it's exclusively female, but in all my working years, I've yet to hear a man express the same chronic levels of self-doubt as I've heard from female colleagues. Kat explains, statistically, Across any industry, we women are the first people to point out our weak points and the last to point out our achievements. We will stop ourselves from going after opportunities despite our abilities and potential. We tend to have quite a mean voice in our head, that inner critic, that no matter how hard we try, no matter how, pro- how much progress we make, there's always more we can be doing. We're never quite good enough, she says. I straw poll the people who follow me on Instagram from time to time, especially if I'm attempting to validate my own feelings of inadequacy, a buzz. So I threw up some imposter syndrome themed questions and was, frankly, shocked by how many of us feel the feeling. Over 66% of about 3,000 respondents said they have suffered from the affliction in the past, with a further 89% saying they compare, compare themselves to others, professionally speaking. Over 86% said they didn't think men experienced imposter syndrome in the same way. And scarily, 89% said they didn't feel good enough. And 68% said they felt imposter syndrome held them back at work. Rebecca Lockwood is a neurolinguistic programming coach and best-selling author. She says that people with imposter syndrome not only doubt their worth, but also sabotage any potential successes, which could explain the feeling of being held back at work that my Instagram respondents feel. Rebecca says, People with imposter syndrome will have negative thoughts towards themselves and when they do create success, which they usually do as they tend to be very successful people, they will most probably sabotage their success and self-sabotage any efforts they've gone to. 
This could be in the form of stopping the behaviour that created the success. For example, in a relationship, being horrible to their partner, or in business, stopping taking action on an activity that gained great results, she says. Has Rebecca entered my brain, I am now wondering? A friend of mine was considering applying for a new role within her organisation recently. She was approached by bosses and asked would she apply. She was lamenting to me how she wasn't experienced enough and wasn't seen as senior enough. She was talking herself out of the job, having been asked by her superiors to apply. I did the classic thing. I gave her the advice I know I need myself when it comes to work, the advice I never take. I asked her, would a man be questioning himself the same way? Am I wrong in my admittedly sweeping generalisation that men don't struggle as much with feeling like frauds? Clinical psychologist Elzan Marnan from Core Clinical would say no. Phew. She says, In addition to personal life experiences which may have led to the development of self-limiting beliefs, exposure to hidden gender biases increases women's vulnerability to imposter syndrome. Subtle messages that brilliance, competence and the ability to influence belongs to men are all around us, she says. And bloody hell, isn't she right? She continues. It is quite alarming when you start to notice it. For example, most of our cities have statues honouring the bravery and contributions of male figures in history. Statues of women are practically non-existent. The most famous female in statue is that of Molly Malone who could rightfully claim her place in the Me Too movement with her breasts being polished by tourists regularly, Elzan jokes. Anyway, back to my pal. I told her, of course she should go for it. She deserved it, she works hard. And meanwhile now, here I sit actively saying, this is shit, this is shit, you are staggeringly untalented, to myself, over and over. An internal dialogue that would make Anna Wintour cry. Okay, no, but she might be shook enough to adjust her sunglasses. Starting a new job, like say, a shiny new online publication with brilliant female journalists at the helm, can nudge you into I'm a fraud territory. As a freelancer who starts new gigs a lot, I can't remember the last time I wasn't in fraudland. Aoife O'Brien from empowermentcoaching.ie says this. Triggers for imposter syndrome can can be things like being promoted, starting a new job, working on a new project in work anything that puts us out of our comfort zone. People who are high achievers or who have always been naturally good at something can suffer from it when they are faced with not being naturally good at something, she adds. How do you know if you're naturally good at creative pursuits? Things that are inherently subjective. If being a good accountant means balancing the books, how does one quantify being a good writer? Aoife explains. Often what stops people in their tracks when they have imposter syndrome is a deep-seated fear of being found out. Their perception is that others will think they are a fraud and not good enough and the talent police will come knocking on their door to oust them from their position. Elzan Mernan agrees, saying that without a framework for success, people with creative professions can struggle in particular. She says... Creative people may find the self-limiting beliefs associated with imposter syndrome particularly hard to manage. People in creative jobs have fewer external objective signposts for success like sales targets, for example. Getting a stamp of approval hinges on the subjective opinion of others. This makes the risk of exposure as a fraud difficult to control and can cause paralyzing anxiety, says Elzan. 
Paralysis. Interesting. I may be feeling that vibe at this actual second. I need a game plan, lads. I have to write to earn a living. Shite or not, I have to do it. So I followed Eva O'Brien's advice, suppressed my cringe reflex, and in a very un-Irish move, I wrote down all my achievements. I want to gag just thinking about the self-indulgence. But you know, I think it might have worked a bit. Aoife says, There are different types of imposter syndrome. Sometimes more specific approaches are required, but generally speaking, the advice is as easy as A, B and C. This was the advice that Eva gave. A. Acknowledge your imposter syndrome for what it is. It's a voice in your head, a thought you have about yourself. No one else is thinking that, just you. You can even give the imposter a name. Ask yourself what is it saying and where is the evidence that it is true. B. Write down your achievements. Look for evidence of all your successes and why you deserve the role you have. Turn the negative imposter words into positive affirmations that are true for you. If you have trouble believing in yourself, ask for helpful feedback from a trusted friend or colleague. What are you really good at? Why were you hired for the role? C. Call to action. What's the first step you could take to combat this? Speak up in a meeting, applying for a job, sharing your ideas with your boss, even admitting to someone that you have imposter syndrome. What's stopping you from reaching your goal? Take one small step towards reaching it. I personally would appreciate no feedback on this piece because if it's negative, I'll quit my job. And if it's positive, I'll convince myself you're lying. Clearly, I've still got a bit of work to do, literally and figuratively.